In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. That's Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. If you have your Bibles with you, please open them in that portion with Scripture and join me in reading God's Word. Let's all rise in reverence to the Word of God. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Praise God for the reading of His Word. We may now be seated. Thank you, Brother Doy. Good morning to those who are watching via Facebook or YouTube, those who are also attending downstairs. Pleasant good morning to you and to those who are here in this hall. A pleasant good morning to all of us. We are having still a break from our study series of the book of John, the Gospel according to John. Half of January, we revisited the Gospel and uh, we were reminded that Jesus Christ himself taught and instructed his disciples to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sin. That's in Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 49. And we have followed that up with two series, and we have uh, studied and learned that Peter, one of the apostles, actually proclaimed repentance and faith in Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 41. And also Paul, the apostle, in Acts chapter 26, before King Agrippa, Paul proclaimed the importance of repentance in verses 19 to 23. Now, for this month, we started last Sunday with our series in the Book of Wisdom, the Wisdom Books. And our text for today is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12, which is considered one of the wisdom books, meaning Ecclesiastes. But unlike Proverbs, last Sunday, if you're here, we studied Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, particularly the character, the blessing of integrity, meaning wholeheartedness or walking on the straight path of someone of an upright, upright. So standing upright, walking upright, which would be a guide to them. That's the blessing. The blessing to the upright is the integrity, the character of integrity. And that will be a guide to them. And then the consequence of those who are treacherous or betrayers, which is the crookedness, going to the left, going to the right, delaying the person, which would destroy them. So we have discussed in detail how the blessing of walking with integrity and how the consequences of being crooked would destroy a person. Now, unlike Proverbs, which last Sunday we discussed, would have a style of repetition, the first line being repeated to the next line, giving more clarity, and parallelism, where two opposite ideas or concepts are given, like in Proverbs 11, verse 3, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Unlike Proverbs, Ecclesiastes has a sarcastic tone, meaning a mocking tone coupled with realism. Now, Proverbs, usually the, the, the concepts are vague, and so the application is wider. Now, here in Ecclesiastes, the, the, the concept 
the concepts are less vague. And the Proverbs, or in Ecclesiastes, it gives us more specific applications. Though in our context today, we may still apply the principles and the truths outlined and given to us in Ecclesiastes. If Proverbs started with fear of the Lord, the importance of the fear of the Lord is not just feeling fearful or anxious or trembling because of, of knowing God, but it goes beyond a superficial knowledge of who God is. It's really knowing that, that God is faithful and God is true. That what God says, he will do it. So if God says there's a blessing, if you, are, you have integrity, and his integrity you know, will guide you, which is the blessing, then he will give that. It will happen. But if there is a consequence, there's a punishment attached to his word, attached to his command, attached to his instruction, then we can be sure that indeed, such will happen. And so, out of fear, out of reverence, out of respect, and out of obedience, and out of our knowing that God is faithful in our relationship with Him, we therefore obey. So Proverbs started by saying that the wisdom, and the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Ecclesiastes would end with the fear of of the Lord. Now the text is about working with others. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 to 12, the general context is that of working with others. It is about working with allies or partners or friends. Now the context of our preaching, our message this morning starts uh, in verse 4 of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So if you allow me, I'll just read this in, so that we will be able to establish the full context. Verse 4 says, I have seen that every labor, so the author here is saying, the author, by the way, most of Bible scholars say that it is King Solomon because in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1, the author of this book would introduce himself as the son of David. The words of the preacher, the son of David. However, some Bible scholars would think that it could not be only King Solomon, that the author or authors of this book are still anonymous. But despite of those, meaning authorship, What's important is this is from the Word of God, and so we study it and we live this out. So the text is about working with others, and it starts in chapter 4, verse 4, saying, I have seen that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of rivalry between a man and his neighbor. This too is vanity and striving after wind. Vanity, which means mist or vapor right? it comes and goes and the fool folds his hands and will not work in for that matter and consumes his own flesh so that's that's a harm to himself he would not work or she would not work one handful of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving after wind then i looked again at vanity under the sun there was a certain man without a dependent. So it starts with, a, with one person, without dependent. Having neither a son nor a brother, yet there was no end to all his labor. Indeed, his eyes were not satisfied with riches, and he never asked, and for whom am I laboring and depriving myself of pleasure? This too is vanity, and it is a grievous task. Then we have verses 9 to 12. Now, though the 
the, the background, the context of this portion of the scripture talks about work, talks about working with another person. The principles in this text can be applied to marriage. Uh, and uh, of course, in our culture, in our tradition, every February we celebrate this month as the love month. Of course, we don't venerate saints and we don't say happy Valentines or in some happy Valentines. Uh, what we say is happy hearts month. Uh, so you can turn to the person sitting next to you, to, your, to the person on your left, on your right. If you're watching this, if you have someone with you there, you just greet one another. Happy hearts month or happy love month. In 1973, uh, our late president, President Ferdinand Marcos, uh, gave a proclamation, number 1096, stating that every February is to be celebrated as the Philippine Hearts Month. Uh, 1973 pa po ito, and up to now, well, the purpose of that proclamation is to give awareness, especially of the rising death and incidence of people dying from heart diseases or heart-related diseases. And so today, we still celebrate the month of February uh, in the medical field, having activities or events that provides awareness of heart diseases and how to take care of our heart. And we do this every month of February. And so the principles in this text we can, well, apply in preparation for February 14. Um, and uh, it, it, it pertains to marriages uh, whose designer is God. So the first point we have is two are better. So could you say that with me? Two are better. One, two, three, go. And I'm sure that is obvious, at least for most of us, that two are better than one. This is true in the context of work. Like in our field as a surgeon, it's difficult to perform a major operation without an assistant, without a co-surgeon for that matter. Uh, just imagine if something happens to me, I, I got dizzy or I felt dizzy and I had to rest for a while or had to stop operating. So what will happen if in the middle of an operation, you know, everyone stops at the expense of the patient, right? So we need someone to help us, a partner, a, an assistant to assist us to retract, to expose what we are removing or what we are doing what they're dissecting and so this is important in work and this is equally important in the context of life now in life the most sacred of partnerships is husband and wife and that's why the title of our message this morning is partnership Shall we pause for a while and just commit this time to the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, once more we come before you. We ask for your wisdom and your guidance as we study your word. Give us the ability not only to understand but to apply and live out the truths, the precepts, the principles from the book of Ecclesiastes. And help us as well to teach this to others for your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. It is better to be united and share in the rewards of complementary labor than to be married and not share at all. If you look at verse 9 of chapter 4, it says there, two are better than one. Although the truth of wise partnerships is known to many, this is known to, this is obvious to many, not all and not many can make this work. 
Why? Because it's equally hard to have two persons uh, having or being involved in one project. And we can also say that two are harder than one. So just imagine if we have two different perspectives, two persons having different ideas, two persons having different concepts, two persons having different opinions on a matter. And then there would be a tension. One wants to do this, another one, another person wants to do this the opposite way. And there's a tension and there's two different ideas. Just imagine two persons having different upbringings. One was brought up in, in riches. The other was brought up in hardship. And then they come together and then they partner. And sometimes that could be a problem. Yet why would the Bible, why would the author, inspired by God, say and tell us today that two are better than one? Well, for one, two are better than one because God says so. If God said that two are better than one, then it must be really good, right? Moreover, he would give us, the author would give us more reasons why two are better than one. And one of which is there because they have a good reward for their toil. It is better to have someone to work with us hand in hand for what? If you look at that passage, it talks about productivity. It talks about profits. They would have good reward for their toil. So just imagine if I'm only working alone, uh, I'm earning, let's say, a thousand uh, per day. Imagine if there are two of us who are working, earning now thousand each, two thousand in total. So that gives us more profits. Now, if I can finish uh, surgery, let's say, uh, one or, or two a day, then imagine if we are, there are three of us, there are four of us, five of us doing surgery at the same time, then it becomes more, we become more productive. That's the concept, that's the idea. Now, imagine more people planting, more people uh, harvesting, so there would be more produce, there would be more harvest. However, people may never experience the blessing of shared battles, you know, shared hardships, shared problems, shared challenges, and of course, shared rewards if they're working alone. But those who have worked with another person will attest that this saying is accurate, that indeed two are better than one. Now, secularly speaking, we have the saying that two heads are better than one, which is rooted in this wisdom statement. Two are better than one, why? Because they have a good reward for their toil. So how do we apply this in marriage since we are preparing for February 14? We apply this to marriage by looking at the husband and the wife actually working together. And they work together to make their marriage, to make their work, to make their relationship better. Now, in our family code, in family code, one of the obligations of the husband and the wife is what? To mutually respect, to mutually love, and to be mutually loyal. The word is fidelity to each other. Under Article 68, the husband and wife are obliged to what? Live together. Our law 
frowns when the couple are living apart. Uh, and uh, it is discouraged because we want the husband and the wife to live together. For what? Observe mutual love, respect, and fidelity, and render, take note of this, mutual help and support. Now, whenever the law speaks of support, it speaks of many matters, financial support. So there is this help that we can give mutually to our, with our, our spouse, no, like an encouragement, you can do it. No, um, uh, you, can, you can give them encouraging words. No, helping, well, literally, no, household chores, in the work, in taking care of the kids. Uh, but there is also mutual support with regard to finances. And so it's a balance uh, of helping one another, loving one another, and working together. But bo both must share in the labor no, both must share in the labor. It cannot be that, okay, that's your expertise, so you work on that. No, this is my expertise, I, I'll, I'll work on this. No, both must share in the labor. That's why the law also, in our law also, it also encourages us that the management of household is to be shared between the husband and the wife. It's not just because, oh, you're a better manager than me, so you manage our resources. No, it's a partnership between the husband and the wife. For what purpose? To build and strengthen their relationship. So this sharing in the labor would strengthen and would build their trust and their relationship. It takes effort from both parties. No, not one, but two. And in due time, they will share in the reward. So that's the promise. That's the assurance that there is a reward that will be shared for those who are working together. So may we also bring to the consciousness of all the marriage, all that marriage it's not just a physical and emotional union. Yes, it's important to be intimate, to be united, to be one physically and emotionally. But it's also equally important to have a godly purpose. So if you have your outlines with you provided, I encourage you to highlight or to underline if your pens with you godly purpose and it's just it's not just enough for the husband and wife to work together oh so that we will eat at least three times a day or at least somehow we'll do the chores the household chores no? do the work at home do these things it's important that our marriage would also fulfill a godly purpose of course, the general purpose for every marriage is to glorify God. But I believe that each and every marriage would have a specific purpose. That God has given a specific purpose for every marriage that your marriage can only do. So we can pray about this. We can ask the Lord, Lord, if you haven't, known your, your, your divine purpose in your marriage, Lord, reveal to us what's our purpose as a couple. It could be that because of your vast experience, it could be that because you have overcome something in the past, uh, because of the Lord's help, you, over, you have overcome a, a great challenge in your relationship. And that you know other marriages who are also struggling in this area, then because of such experience, you can now, with authority, share your experience and give wise counsel and help these couples who are also struggling in same areas, and so that they too would be able to overcome by God's grace such 
difficult situation. And some of us are gifted with other blessings and that we can bless other marriages with, with the Lord that has blessed us with. It could be in material wealth. It could be in the areas of just listening and giving wise counsel. And such is a picture of God being glorified in our marriages. So I hope and I pray that the Lord would reveal to us our divine purpose in our marriage as we journey together with our spouse. Now the next benefit, uh, the next verses would give us more benefits of the concept of two uh, rather than being one. So aside from sharing in the rewards, there are other benefits of two stewards working together. So in the outline, stewards of what? What are we going to take care of? It's not what, but who. It says we are to be stewards of each other. Taking care of one another. In verse 10, if one falls and if one fails, the other can and must help. And then in a sarcastic tone, but who would take responsibility if one is alone? And then the answer we know is nothing, no one, none. Let's look at verse 10. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. One will lift the other up. So it talks about what? This talks about stability. One, unstable. Why? Because if one falls, no one would help that person up. But if there are two or more, then it will be more stable. Uh, earlier in, in, in the Tagalog uh, service, I gave an example of the tomato plant. You know, the tomato plant is very thin, it's very fragile. And that plant may easily be uh, blown off by the wind, right? A strong wind. And as farmers, what would they do? They would put a stick beside that tomato plant to help support its growth. So that when strong winds would blow and strong winds would come, there's something that would help that plant, right? protect that plant and make that plant stable. And such is the picture of a person who falls and is now lifted up by another fellow. But woe to him who is alone. Why? Because when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Meaning, it's sad for that person because he has no other. He doesn't have an, another person to lift him up. Whenever he falls or she falls. So most of the time, just the supportive presence of a person, of a partner, would be enough, right? To encourage and inspire. But let's not stop with that. Let's go and move beyond. To not just being a presence, Oh, a source of encouragement, a source of inspiration. But to really, no, not just in a passive way, to be actively involved in another person's journey. And of course, for those who are married, it would be our spouse. I am just sad that uh, I did not have enough no, uh, opportunities to apply this. But now that I have known this, and since I have known this, then I can be more active. I can uh, encourage my wife to, to be involved in what I'm doing. 
because most of the time when we, we have an individual problem or we encounter a problem, let's say one is sick, uh, the, the, our tendency is to, to isolate ourselves. And if the, we are the partner of the spouse, our tendency, yes, we want to help, but sometimes we want also to be distant with that person, which is not the case. Because the Bible says that if we have someone, that someone should be a steward of that other person, and that other person must help such person who falls. So what a great opportunity for us uh, as husbands or wives to be actively involved in the life, in the journey, in the work of the concerns of our spouse that we can be really partners and we can trust each other as we share, as we share these challenges and of course the victory. Now, conversely, it is difficult for anyone who does not have an encouraging presence. It's more difficult. But more than encouragement, both parties should work purposefully to support each other to improve. So how do we apply this to marriage? Husband and wife should lift each other. Uh, should lift each other. It is not wise for husband or the wife to ignore each other, especially when one is having difficulty. So sometimes we, we don't want to burden our spouse, you know, knowing that our spouse has already so much in her plate or in his plate that giving that person another concern would add up, would, would, would cause additional concerns. And so sometimes out of that, in good faith, you know, we don't want to, to, to burden our spouse. We would rather you know, solve this problem on our own. But what would that declare? What would that act say? Well, it could be interpreted as we don't trust our spouse. No, we don't trust her enough that he, she or he will be able to handle and help with us in our concerns. But again, that should not be the case because it is not wise for the husband or the wife to ignore each other, especially when one is having difficulty. So what do we do? We should find a way. Let's find a way to connect and uplift the other. Now let's find ways on how we can actively involve our husband or our wife in our concerns. Remember, we are partners here. You are partners here. However, again, this text is not about marriage, although it can be applied to marriages. That's why we are extending the application to marriage. Though the text is a general statement that it is not good to be alone, you can also apply this in our marriage. Now, for our third point, I hope by now we could see the progression. At the start, there's one person. One person. So doing labor alone, working alone, well, it may have, may have its benefits. Uh, you can concentrate more, you have less distraction, you can be more productive if you're alone in one sense. But in the other sense, being alone would be quite difficult. That's why it's better to have a partner. It's better to have someone who can work with us. So two are better than one. Progression from working individually to working as or with partners. Now in verse 12, but if you look at verse 11, uh, let me just go back in verse 11 because there, I don't want us to miss this important 
verse which says again uh, pertaining to the first verse in verse 10 which provides us the idea of stability, having someone to help us okay, when we fall. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So what does this pertain to? Pertains to comfort, to have someone to comfort us whenever it's cold. <laughs> Is it cold when you woke up this morning? Or maybe you have someone beside you, that's why it's not that cold. But it's really cold in the morning, and if we don't have someone, then it says here, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And you may argue with me, Doc, I have my pillow. I have my blanket. And uh, my pillow or my blanket will provide warmth. Now, the problem with pillows or blankets is that they cannot have their own warmth. They're dependent on your warmth. Meaning, if the, the room is cold, it will absorb the temperature and the pillows and uh, the comforters and the, and the blankets, they would also be cold. It's just your warmth now that will give warmth to the pillow, but not the other way around. Or you may suggest, uh, Doc, I have my, my dog with garapata and uh, ticks. And I have, my, I have my, my cat with all its furs. Uh, yes, okay, they, they're living creatures and they may provide you warmth. But be careful, you might develop asthma or you might develop respiratory problems. No, inhaling those sticks and those, those strands of hair that are being shed off. And just imagine if your pet would poop or would urinate as you snuggle close to your pets. Or have a goldfish, Doc. And I have a, a parrot. Okay, so I, I'm not sure if those pets would give you warmth. But if you have someone uh, beside you, that person can give you comfort. You know what I missed so much with my wife? It's actually praying together. Uh, praying together. So if you have someone to, to pray with, Starting your day with a prayer, and then you can uh, tell God your issues with your your spouse no? you, in a in a prayerful manner. Lord, bless my wife or my husband. Uh, he's been passively cold lately. He's uh, working too much, and he, he doesn't have time anymore for me and for our kids. Lord, give him time. And so, as you say this before the Lord, your husband or your wife hears this. And so, it's a way, it's a technique, right? To, to be able to express what you want your spouse to do or what he or she has failed to do. And so, this is a good way to well, to help one another and to be, to be comforted by each other. Now, going back, we progress to now three is better than two. Betterer than two. So if two is better, then three is betterer than two. So what does this say? One, it says that two is the minimum number. Because there is something much better than having another person. No? There's three. That's the minimum number two. So if you have three or four or five or six, not speaking of children, well, it could be better if you have uh, a dozen of children. No? Uh, it could have its advantages, though it may, may have uh, uh, also challenges along the way. But imagine if you have a team with you. Imagine if you have more, if in an army you have more soldiers. That's why the third point, which is found in verse 12, talks about defense. It talks about security. So let's look at verse 12. And though a man 
might prevail. No, there's a man who might prevail against another person. So imagine there's a person, no, there's another being who wants to prevail against another person. So in the context of taking advantage of another, no, an attacker, a direct attacker, maybe someone, a bad element who wants to do something bad against you, take away something from you, or to do something against your will, a direct attacker, or someone who has schemed something no, indirectly to harm you, to hurt you. So there will always be external forces that can destroy individuals. So what do we do? We establish a defense. So what's the defense? Strength in numbers. If you're a Golden State Warriors fan, you would relate to that. That was their previous motto, no? strength in numbers. Because indeed, though two are better than one, three is much better than two in the context of a situation repelling or defending against attacks. As there will always be external forces, such forces will not quickly prosper when there are more defenders. Now, in earthly language, three that work well together are always better. In the area of marriage, of course, God would be the third person. That's why, if you look at that verse, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. Now, the progression done. Then, now what happens? A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So we have a picture here of two strands, now two strings. Now, and then there's another one, there's a third strand that would stabilize, that would secure, that would strengthen the cord in addition to the strength that they now provide with each other, we now have a three-fold cord. And what happens? Such cord is not quickly broken. Oh, just like our umbilical cords. Our umbilical cords, there are two arteries and one vein. Now, three layers of blood vessels makes it more thick. Three would be much better than two. Now, the idea is also that of a love triangle. Yeah, and so let's make this quite interesting. Love triangle. Now, this is not a love relationship between the husband and the wife and another third party, another third person in the middle. No, that's not it. It is God. It should be God at the center of every marriage. So just imagine the husband and the wife side by side uh, in, the, in a triangle, equilateral. So when the husband and the wife, they are far from God, what happens? They're also far from each other. Now imagine if the husband and the wife, they are closer to God, they are also closer to each other, thus maintaining the balance. That's the love triangle. That's the power of three. Threefold cord is not quickly broken. Now, a marriage with God as the center is the best defense against evil forces. Would you say amen to that? Amen, right? It is with God at the center of every marriage. That's the open secret. Having God at the center of every marriage that would defend us against any form of evil. Now, for any endeavor, for that matter, three is better than two, if, of course, it can work. So how do we apply this to marriage? Husband and wife must underline this word, important word, submit to God. We need to submit to God. Uh, submit to God 
and submit to His Word. Remember, we cannot separate God from His Word. And so we must submit to God and we must submit to His Word. And what is His Word? It says there. Now, if the husband and wife, they would not submit, there would be no credible defense against all the forces that may attack. And our marriages is at risk of being destroyed by the enemy. And so they should, the husband and the wife, they should be a threefold cord with God that cannot easily be broken. However, we can also suggest another application for married couples that would fit this meaning. So let's look at this, this nice application. Married couples do not have to figure out everything on their own. Wow, no? So um, we have someone to help us. We have another couple that may help us. We, we, we don't need to figure this out on our own. Although it's good no, that you learn from, from each other's mistakes, but it's better if we learn from another couple's mistake. We learn from their mistakes, we learn from their achievements, from their victories, and so we become better couples. Why? Because they can have wise counsel. They can have more experience than us. They can share such experience to us. And you know what? We have a community of believers here in this church with strong marriages who can give us, offer to us wisdom, support, and biblical understanding. That's why, if you're available on February 18, this will be, I believe, a Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, you have your spouse with you. So instead of having a date somewhere in Sogo or in a nice fancy hotel or in a nice fancy restaurant, so why not, with your 1,000 pesos, you know, attend this event, a Valentine's Night for Couples, uh, entitled A Marriage That Honors God. And listen to some couples who would share their struggles, would share how they over, how did they overcome their struggles, their problems in their marriages because of the Lord. And we invite you to come here. This comes with a fancy dinner. Siyempre, no? 1,000 pesos yan. So, dapat uh, must be good food, right? And good drinks. And of course, nice fellowship. And more than that, we'll be connected to one another. And uh, you can share your, also your, your victories with the group, we can share your struggles with the group, and we can what? Learn from one another. So, there's a community. Now, the text is about, of course, the context of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 is something other than marriage. But we can apply those principles in our marriage. The principles should be applied in the ministry. Now, imagine Moses being instructed by his father-in-law Jethro, oh, you will die young. Ah, you're, you're solving all the problems of the Israelites from morning till evening. You need at least 70 uh, uh, people whom you can trust to help you. Uh, delegate your work. Trust them and help uh, and allow them to help you uh, solve such disputes. So in ministry, we need to have co-leaders, we need to have co-ministers, and so that's the importance of developing, equipping uh, people in the ministry. In the business, uh, in the business, uh, of course, we need, we have an internal auditor, no? we have an external auditor to look at our sales, expenses, and give us advice, and, and then those areas that we may have missed. Uh, and then we have a team, uh, it's better, you have a partner. In career, 
Oh, we have we have an assistant. We have we have a, men, we have a mentor. We have someone who is we're, we're also teaching in every worthy endeavor in schools in our studies. Now it's sometimes good to have a what a study group no, to encourage you. Oh, I'm sleepy now. Oh, no, no, no. Wake up, wake up. Let's study. Well, let's discuss this. Okay, let's divide the, the topic. Hey, you take the, the hardest topics, I'll take the lightest topic, and then we, we share, no? we compare notes, and then we discuss. No? Because you're, you're better in, in that topic. I'm better in, with this. And so we, we make the, the discussion livelier, no? more interesting, and we will uh, not be sleepy and lazy. So we have someone to support us. Now, people who fear God and submit to the Holy Scripture should work together for the glory of God. Now, because this is what the, the, the Word of God says. The community must protect each other from false doctrines and forces seeking to destroy. That's why we encourage each and every one of us to be connected to a growth group so that we can have opportunities to help one another, to pray for one another, not to to journey with each other, being connected in a growth group, being mentored, being discipled, and in the process, discipling others and mentoring others. What are the benefits of having a partner, of having someone to help us? No, of course, two are better than one, three would be better would be best three or more if we have someone it would give us you know, more profits you know, more productive in a sense another is we were we are more stable if we have someone to support us another is we have someone to comfort us to pray for us to be with us to keep us warm whenever we are cold to make us laugh whenever we're sad and to make us cry whenever we are too much happy. We have someone to help us defend and we have security in the presence of another. In business, sometimes this is called insurance and uh, guarantee or security, uh, suretyship or guarantorship. So that if we fail in paying an obligation, a loan, for instance, there's an insurance, there's there's a guarantor, there's a security can help us pay. And so we do not default in our payments. This is equally important in health, insurance particularly. So if you don't have money, when we, whenever we experience an accident, then the insurance can pay first. And so all of this we can use, we can apply in a different areas of our life but more importantly for those who are married and for those who are wanting to be married one day we have these principles to also be able to apply and apply in our marriage and in our context so how do we apply this in our marriage take note of the last verse threefold cord is not quickly broken the third cord is none other than god we should always be at the center of our marriage to protect us and to provide for our needs. Allow me to share with you a piece of poetry written by our senior pastor entitled Threefold Chord. It's written that two are better. Well described in every letter. Two are better than one. It's clear. If you're alone, lend me your ear. There's value in allies, you see. Even the nations would agree. With people, it is even more real. Allies and partners are ideal. Especially true in marriage. If you're married, hear the message. Husband and wife should be as one. The two should never be undone. The two together are stronger, but a threefold cord is tougher. The marriage should not be alone. They both should bow 
before the throne. There are others who bow to the throne. Learn with them so you're not alone. Defend them. Let them defend you. Three is better than one or two. Shall we all stand and close in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for reminding us the importance of having someone beside us. Having a partner, having a team. In another picture, we have our family to support us. We have our friends that we can turn to. We have the church community where we can be a part of growing together, maturing together, helping one another, carrying the burden of one another. And most importantly, Lord, we have you. Three persons in one. We have you as God, our Father. We have you as God, the Son, Jesus Christ. And we have you as God, the Holy Spirit, our triune God. To be that third strand in a threefold cord, together with our spouse, or together with a significant person, whom we intend to marry one day. And within the bounds of marriage, Lord, in the context of marriage, we become three. The husband, the wife, and you at the center. Thank you, Lord, that you have instructed us ever since we're young that it is difficult and hard to, to live a life that is isolated. We see this in, in social media. We see this in different memes. We see this even as posters that no one is an island. No man is an island. And it's hard to live a lone ranger life. That even lone ranger had a tonto. In movies, Batman had a Robin. There's Avengers. There's a team of superheroes who work together to defend and defeat the enemy. Yet in our Christian lives, we have a brother, we have a sister, we have a discipler. And as a discipler, we have our disciple. We have our students. And in that relationship, student-teacher relationship, we have you at the center. In the context, Lord, of, of work, business, career, studies, the principle remains the same. Although two are better than one, three or more would be the best. May we remember, Lord, that you are that third strand in the cord in our marriage and that you provide strength, stability, security. And so, Lord, right now, if there are couples who are here today, watching, listening, attending this service, who are struggling in different areas in their marriages, whether it's financial, it's relational, it's emotional, it's physical. Father, we turn to you. We look up to you as the third strand who stabilizes, who secures, who provides. So Lord, we ask that you give wisdom to every couple through your word as they together study your word in their prayers as they pray for one another 
in the community as they commune with one another, as they learn from one another, and most especially, Lord, in circumstances where you reveal that we are to be dependent on you and in your word. Lord, we are thankful for these opportunities, for these blessings, for you have a purpose for our marriage and in our marriage. And so, Lord, may we be reminded that when we married our spouse, it is not just to tie the knot, but it is to weave a threefold strand with you. And as we go out from this place, Lord, may we be a source of encouragement, a blessing to other people, our community, our neighbors, our family, our friends, that as we look and follow and obey the scriptures, we will indeed experience your blessing. And with that, Lord, to you be the glory and the honor and the highest praises and worship that you alone deserve. And we all say, Amen. Amen. God bless us all and see you again next Sunday. And as you go out, you can turn to your to other person and greet another person. Happy Hearts Month. Happy Hearts Month, everyone.